Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, President of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from the Subaru Gwinnett Atlanta studio located in beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security. And we will touch on that and all related aspects of the security through the course of each show. Our guest today, we're happy to have Brian Mulligan. Uh, he's president of Applied Information Incorporated. Brian, hey, glad to have you. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having me today. Well, you know, a lot of people have probably never heard of Applied Information. Uh, so let me just ask you this. Who is Brian, and how did you get where you are, and what is this company that you've got called Applied Information? All right. So Applied Information, we're a technology company. We're here in Gwinnett County. We're here in Swanee. And uh, the interesting, and we're in the transportation space, so the surface transportation space. So what we do is develop technologies that try to uh, make traffic better. And uh, traffic's the bane of our lives in, in several important ways. Uh, in the first instance, it kills so many people. We kill 40,000 people a year in the, uh, on the roads in the United States. And uh, it's the biggest leading cause of death of young folks. And uh, we, we, we b really believe that uh, technology can make an improvement in that area. So we, we say that we save lives, we improve traffic, we drive commerce, and we help the environment. So that's our mission, and we use technology to achieve that. Well, who, is, who are you, and where do you – we can obviously tell that you're, you might be from Alabama or something. We're not sure, but where are you from with that accent? I, I'm from the Deep South, <laughs> and so uh, that's from – I'm originally from Cape Town in South Africa. So you go any if you go any further south than where I'm from, you're in the water. <laughs> and so uh, I came to the United States uh, 23 years ago. Uh, I've been a serial entrepreneur uh for the best part of 40 years and uh it's uh it's it's, it's only frightening for the first while uh when you realize that nobody else is going to pay your salary but <laughs> but once you get used to that and uh, uh being self-employed and being unemployed or just a syllable or, or two uh, but you get used to it, and so I've built a, a number of companies over the years. And uh, 23 years ago, I sold one of those companies into an American company and moved quite lightheartedly to Atlanta. And uh, through a succession of companies, uh, built and sold some companies until I ended up uh, about uh, seven years ago deciding I've got one more great run in me, and it's called Applied Information. Now, information is data in context made useful. And so that sounds a little complicated, but what it means is that we're just changing from, you know, this business of uh, knowing some of the things about some of the things some of the time to knowing everything about everything all the time. Because as we like to say, when everything is connected to everything, it changes everything. And that's the basis of applied information is using Internet of Things and wireless telematics and so forth 
to improve the lives of everybody in, in surface transportation? Well, it's a lot like, uh, and we've talked about it before, it's a lot like security. Uh, we have the, all the technology that is new and the new bells and whistles and technology that, that basically puts everybody in touch with everybody so that you know what's going on, you know where, the, where your people are. It's in my case, where, you know, we have GPS, but we also have the sign-in, the sign-out, the registries. There is so much technology that can be applied no pun intended. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> I like that to our to our uh, business model. That is is very similar to that in your business model. Yeah, and, and there's some low hanging fruit. And 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 as I talk about you know using technology, you'll go yeah, well that's pretty obvious. And I'll give you a couple of examples. So getting paramedics to citizens in need. So the current way that if you've got a you know somebody having a heart attack or a stroke or an accident. And the paramedic has got to get the call, get down into his fire track, and then go and fight his way through the traffic and uh, to get to the citizen in need. And uh, we know from, from various cities that we've done, on average in an urban environment, a paramedic goes through five traffic lights on his way, on average, to a citizen having a heart attack or stroke. And, and uh, it takes him more than a minute extra to fight his way through the traffic compared with what we do and we use technology to give them green lights we call it green to scene where the paramedics can get green lights all the way to the citizen in need and uh, bring everybody else safely to a halt so you uh, stop uh, the accidents that occur when the paramedics trying to go through the red and everybody else is driving through on the green you've seen this in in your uh, in, in your, your driving around and this really makes a difference. And so, for example, if we use that throughout Georgia, the data shows we'd save 9,000 lives in Georgia a year. Well, I can tell you from coming from a law enforcement background that if this type of a system was in place for, the, for law enforcement... For the police, yeah, um, huge. We could arrive on scenes a whole lot faster. And I don't think anybody that drives an automobile nowadays hasn't sat there and heard the sirens come up watched them try to slow down and ease through and fight through an, an intersection. So I think everybody knows exactly the type of situation you're talking about. Yeah, and there are two, and there are two aspects. I mean, the, the one is getting the police. And in fact, we're doing uh, some police uh, vehicles and, and because they're, they're, they're the leading cause of death of police folk is traffic accidents. Absolutely. It's, it's not gunshot wounds. And so uh, we, we're doing some trials, in fact, in Marietta, Georgia, uh, with police vehicles to, to, to use this technology to save lives of police focus as well. For anybody who thinks, that, well, oh, we only save a minute, you know, when you're uh, waiting for your paramedic. If anybody wants to see how long a minute is, start holding your breath. <laughs> that'll teach it. And uh, that'll tell you what, uh, uh, how long a minute is when you're waiting for a, a paramedic to come and help you when you've had a heart attack. And the other thing is... Uh, the, the, our smartphone app called Travel Safely, you've all sat at a traffic light and you have whoa, 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 whoa of, a, of, of an approaching police or emergency vehicle and you wonder where it's coming from. And so now because everything's connected to everything, your speakers in your car says emergency vehicle fro approaching from behind or from the right or from the left because now your car knows where the emergency vehicle is coming from. So that's, that's just an example of, uh, of everything connected to everything 
in transportation delivering real value to citizens in need today? That would be basically an autonomous system within your car that tells you all of this, correct? Yes, but what we're dealing with the situation is that everybody's talking about, well, autonomous vehicles are coming and, and what are we going to do about it? And one day in the future, things might be better. The reality in the last 11 years, we've put 220 million smartphones in motor vehicles. So what we do is we say, let's start with those. And so let's get an app on the, on the phone, connected, runs in the background, connected to your car's speakers that can audibly give you some help when navigating your way through the traffic, connected to the traffic lights, connected to the emergency responders, uh, connected to the cyclists, connected to the pedestrians, connected to the pedestrian crossings, because suddenly, when everything's connected to everything, the world actually is a safer place. And what would this is a 2017 development for us, which we've matured in 2018 and deployed throughout Marietta, for example, and deployed uh, down in, uh, um, in uh, North Avenue in Atlanta, uh, and in many, many um, pilot schemes around the United States. And it all just works really well. And uh, to give ourselves a small plug here, you can go, if you live in Marietta, you can go to uh, travelsafelyapp.com or just look for Travel Safely in the, the App Store or the Google Play Store. Download it, sign up, and see for yourself how, how it all works. Well, that'd be an easy way. That'd be a really easy way of finding out because, I mean, all of us go to that App Store and put something on our phone probably on a monthly basis. So that would be a good way for someone to go in there and just kind of check it out and see what they got. Yeah, and it's all free. The interesting thing about... That's well, the good part. Yeah, we make our money by equipping the cities with the technology. The business of the app itself and the data, uh, it's all anonymized, privatized. We don't know who you are and where you are. We never store any of your data. So we take security really seriously in the te technology space. Uh, but this is a way for cities to actually do something for their citizens at no additional cost. The reason being is that they pay for the system to be able to get their paramedics and their police safely through the lights and so forth. Travel safely is a layer that we've just built on top uh, at no cost in our way of giving back. That's fantastic information. I know one of the things I've found is that an entrepreneur, if they find something that they're truly passionate about, they generally are really good at it. And I can hear the passion in your voice about what you're doing. So I guess my little question would be, how did you come into this, to, to the knowledge of what you're doing, and what got you focused where this became your passion? I'd, I'd, I'd answer that like this. Uh, I've been in the transportation business for 20, more than 20 years here in the United States. And for the first 15 years of that time, I built some very successful businesses selling the government what the government wanted to buy. And so that's the way the transportation business worked is the government runs the roads and they put out tenders and everybody's a supplier uh, to supply whatever the government calls for. But about you know seven years ago now, uh, and building applied information to scale in the last five years, I realized that now that I'm coming towards the end of my career, I want to transition to selling the government what the government needs. And that's a different thing compared with the government wants to buy because we're in the technology space, we're developing 
much, much faster than the government engineers could Absolutely. design or specify something. And so what we're transitioning our customers is to what we call outcomes-based contracting. Let the government focus on what they want to achieve. And what we'll do is we'll figure out which wire goes in which hole and which technology is suitable. And, and it's been a, a great exercise. We, I mean, we're in over 500 cities uh, already and uh, with more than 10,000 devices deployed. And so we've got starting to get some real scale as far as just taking care of, of government traffic engineering problems. Uh, it's all based on cloud computing and web browsers and wireless telematics and, and so forth. Over there, software updates and things like that. All these things which, if the government was going to try and buy the computers to make all this work, they'll be still be figuring out Try, you know, trying to figure out you know where to put the servers. Absolutely. Wh whereas when you have it all up in the cloud, obviously it's much much easier uh, for us to scale and respond and update security and so forth. So it's been a huge transition, at, you know, for for the government folks who buy our services to to transition away from asset purchase, which is how we've built transportation for a hundred years. Yep. Transi transitioning to outcomes-based contracting, where they're buying an answer, or let's say making their, their school beacons and their school safety systems work better without having the detail of exactly uh, where, where, where the wireless radios are and things like that. Well, it's very much like my business. When we go out and we have a client that calls up, they want security, but they don't know what they need. And right. it's up to us to go in and say, okay, Tell us what it is you're wanting to achieve. Tell us what it is that you don't want. Tell us what it is that you're concerned about. And we'll figure out how to get you the results that you want based on the pieces that you need. So it's very much the same way in your industry. Indeed, it's very, very much the same. And, and I think that um, the, the challenge for the local authorities, and we talked about you know, Gwinnett and the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, and, the, and they're an early adopter of our technology. They uh, used our technology to control all the school beacon, all the flashing lights that go outside schools. They, uh, about three years ago, uh, they contracted with us to connect all their school beacons up to the internet and and, and deliver a much more effective uh, system for them. And they've, they kept the data uh, that they had a 90% reduction in citizen complaints of school beacons going on and off at the wrong times and failures and things like that because now everything was connected to everything. So he, even here in Gwinnett, it delivered some real tangible value on, on the first day. Well, you know, you, you, you talked about the saving lives, the improving traffic, the driving commerce, and saving environments with this technology. Can you can you tweak it and just kind of how does that work within your technology? Sure. And so and so again, you it's just you know low hanging fruit of um, of the use cases of how we do that because. When you've got a p technology platform, you can apply it to solving all kinds of problems. And, you know, an example of that is your cell phone, which everybody bought, you know, cell phones to make telephone calls. Mm -hmm. And then old Steve Jobs came along and he said, no, but I've got this idea of this iPhone that's going to play your music. It's going to make your telephone call, but it's also going to connect you to the Internet. And so he spawned the whole smartphone, um, you know, movement based on 
this business of having a platform. Same with us. Our, our platform is called Glance, Information at a Glance. And so what we do is I've described how we um, you know, get paramedics to citizens in need more quickly. But the exactly the same technology is used to make the buses work better. So we all realize that transit is a thing, but transit is historically been sort of um, the red-headed stepchild, if I could put it like that, of transportation where everybody's focused on getting cars around the place and the buses just you know, get stuck in the traffic. Uh, but there's a move afoot in, in Gwinnett County to let's make the transit work better, the ATL in broader Atlanta. Let's make transit work better. And so our part of that is what we do is we give the buses green lights. So now it's quicker to get to town riding a bus than driving your car. That when you advertise that, that causes more people to ride the bus. Make the bus more successful. If more people ride the bus, less people drive cars. Everybody wins. So, it's, so basically that's the answer to I've got to treat everybody the same, cars and buses, everybody has to be the same. And your answer would be nope, nope, nope. not really. Le nope, let's make buses work better. Let's extend that to freight vehicles. So what we do is we say let's make, give freight vehicles green lights in off-peak periods. Let's give an incentive to the private sector to do their freight deliveries in off-peak times. Off-peak times, everybody wins. Your your freight vehicles are not there in rush hour, and the freight vehicles get better efficient services. The business of let's have freight vehicles not stop at red lights on rural highways. You can save huge amounts of travel time in um, heavy freight vehicles by not having them stop for for red lights on rural highways. It also solves the problem of those rutted roads which are caused by heavy vehicles breaking for traffic lights. The technology can actually solve all of this and so we've got pilot schemes and, 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 and various innovative um, projects underway um, and as I say we're in, in, in with this technology in, in more than 500 cities but it's amazing how difficult it is for the traffic engineers that work in government and worked in government in the same way for many, many years, how difficult it is for them to say, maybe there's a better way of doing things because they traditionally look at the private sector, companies like ours. They look at us as suppliers. You're going to supply this widget, that widget, the other widget, but we're going to put it all together. With technology, those days are gone. They have to look at us as their partners, where they're focusing on the outcomes they're trying to achieve and let us focus on the execution and the delivery of those outcomes. And it's amazing how hard that is for traffic departments to get their head around. Well, it's, it's all about control. It's all about really control. Uh, they want to control what the system is, how it works. They, they don't like giving up that control because I think it scares them. I, th I, I think so. My reading is slightly different. I don't think it's necessarily about control because that's a negative thing. I see it as being risk averse. The business of change is frightening for all of us. Exactly. It's especially frightening for the folks who've, who've, who've chosen to have their We've careers. always done it this way. We've always done it this way. And there, 
And it's not even a conscious thing of, well, I've carefully thought this through and I've decided not to change. The answer is just no, unless there's a compelling reason to say yes. And so being risk averse, I mean, you know, we, we have to be safe. But the reality is that the private sector and technology just overwhelms the government's ability to regulate. And there's a couple of examples. Um, autonomous vehicles. It's coming at a million miles an hour. I drive a Tesla with uh, uh, semi-autonomous software. And for the first time in the last couple of weeks, they downloaded software in my car. Well, even that. My car drives differently every six weeks because it's got new software in it. So for the first time, they d you know, put software in the uh, car, which will change lanes by itself on the freeway. So when I'm driving here, this, you know, to down to the studios, navigate on autopilot on the freeway, chose which lane for me to drive in, it chose where to exit, it chose to exit here in Pleasant Hill, and then doot, 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 it delivered control back to me. And that's today. This, so it's, uh, this, the, the, the change is coming at, at a million miles an hour. And, uh, and the, the, uh, another example, anybody who drives downtown, a year ago we were talking about various things in transportation and nobody saw the scooters coming. Now the, these scooters are everywhere. The mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, but there's interesting, there's, there's folks talking about making four-wheel scooters. Yep. Same model, just drive it anywhere, leave it wherever you like. Well, what's our downtown areas, what are, what's Gwinnett County going to look like when all that happens? So what we've got to do is partner between the private sector and the public sector Let's work together, and maybe the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, maybe we should pilot this as being a mechanism to pull the public and the private sector together as partners to solve these problems. Because what we have to do is lift the pace of change in order to keep up with the private sector, who otherwise just continually overwhelms the government's ability to regulate it. Well, the county has an a entity called Partnership Gwinnett, which is a public-private partnership type basis in infrastructure. And that's something else that you might want to look at. Yeah. I'm also a member of Partnership Gwinnett. But uh, yeah, it is, a, it is a, an organization that can, can help to, to further along those public-private partnerships and get things moving. The uh, CIDs, uh, the Community Improvement Districts. Very good. Perfect yeah. example of com private community-public partnerships. Uh, it just, it works. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you tell me if, you know, you don't think this is the way that it is, but when I think about, you know, the green light for the buses and all that, that's really the same thing that trains have been doing for many, many, many years. When they're going through somewhere and you have an intersection, everything gets green lighted for that train. Now, the reasons are different because they can't stop on a dime. But the bottom line is, as they're coming up, the signals, signals cross, they, the, the crosswalks come down. Everything comes down so that that train can move through that process, get out of the way, get it clear. And a lot of times there's a lot of traffic backs up for, moment, for, for a few moments, a few minutes. But bottom line is that train goes through and then everything's cleared and everything's done. Kind Correct. Of, kind of the same way. It, yes. In other words, that was an early start of, of making it safe for um, you know, vehicles and, and trains to coexist in the same space. Exactly, by green lighting them. 
Yeah, but the interesting thing is that now the next generation of that, uh, and in fact, we've got a, a grant application uh, with the city of, of Atlanta, let's see whether we get it or not, is to make all the uh, train crossings able to talk to you in your motor car. So before you get to that boom down across your road, you're told three intersections away. It's coming. It's coming. And the booms, the road ahead of you is blocked. You better go around it. Getting that information to the paramedics. Half the, half the, we looked at the positions of all the, the firehouses and half the people in need are on the far side of the train track. And when that paramedic's responding to that citizen in need, and oops, there's a train there. And so that's where we can use technology, even with the train crossing, which is a good example of, of, of this kind of thing. We can make it even safer. And that's where, in the past, um, it was hugely difficult to implement these kinds of connected systems because you'd have to deliver a radio network and you'd have to work it all out and where were you going to put the computers and things like that. Mm -hmm. But these smartphone technologies, in the same way that it's revolutionized your business, revolutionizes transportation as well because you can actually focus on the applications not on the radios and that's uh, you can imagine in the security business if you had to work out your own radio network yep. on every construction site for your security guards it would just be all too hard the enemy of success is complexity and we're dealing with a situation now just in the last couple of years where we can de deploy technology really really easily and that's why it makes it such an exciting time to be in the technology space at the moment. Well, that's why, you know, like you said, it's only been 11 years that we've had this phone type situation. Sure. So, you know, 11, 12 years ago, we were dialing numbers at the payphone. Correct. And that's not very long ago. Nope. It's, I mean, it's, it's a million miles an hour. And, and, and in that time, we've gone from analog radios uh, to 1G, to 2G, to 3G, to 4G, to LTE, and now they're talking about 5G. 5 LTE. And so it gives you an idea about how very smart folks have made the radio business a speciality area which AT&T and Verizon and so forth deliver. Uh, and the, the two cleverest technology developments of our generation has been the internet, and the cell phone network. I mean, those are just absolutely technological marvels that we can build all sorts of applications and services, whether it's security or, or traffic, we can build on top of those technologies. I wish I could remember, and you may remember the, the, the figures on how fast this multiplies upon itself as far as the technology industry and growth. It is amazing how rapidly, you know, how it started out with these huge, huge, huge computers and now, because of battery size and a lot of other things, you can get a computer the size of your little fingernail. Correct. And, and, and you, know, I, you know, I follow space exploration as one of my hobbies. And, uh, and uh, the folks navigated to the moon on way, way less computing power than's in your smartphone. Absolutely. I mean, it was, uh, it was crazy. And so you've got this, the, this power in your hand. I mean, every time... I see somebody with one of these new f iPhones that they want to turn it on and they just hold it up to their face so that it recognizes their face. You think, wow. I mean, everybody just takes it for granted. My, I've got a 21-month-old a, a 
uh, granddaughter and uh, she can, you know, when you pull your phone out, she knows that it's time to take a photograph. So she runs around on this side because it's obviously selfie time <laughs> and she knows to punch that, that white button to take a selfie. And if she does that a couple of times, then she swipes left and right to see all the pictures. And, and, and that's before she can speak. Uh, and it's just, it's, um, it's amazing. Uh, it just really is amazing. Um, experiences as a technology company, how does that differ from traditional industries? I don't think it, it, um, it, I don't think there's a lot of difference once the technology um, basis, no, once the basis of your company, the difference between a, 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 a let's say, a security company and a technology company is that when you start a security company, you can hire some security guards, register, and, and, and off you go. But when you're a small company and a big company, it's more or less the same. That's the big difference with a technology company. And so, you know, technology entrepreneurs, you've got to understand this key uh, uh, important point. When you start a technology company, it's called the investment phase. You ain't got a product. <laughs> so what you're going to do is spend the first couple of years investing to develop the product. And the whole idea is to, what's to achieve what's called a minimum viable product. Then you've got something to sell. Then you go out and there you do pilot schemes and you get people interested in your, in, your, in your products. Then once you, and we're very fortunate to have transitioned through this phase to this current phase, which we call scaling the enterprise. That's now a conventional business because you've got, uh, with your left hand, your conventional products, which is sales and marketing operations 101. And then with your right hand, you've got continuing to develop new, new products. So I describe my job is in is in three equal thirds. I do three things. One is I'm a conventional CEO, conventionally running a conventional company. That's, that's the same as any other business. A third of the time, I'm the chief technology officer. And so what is that's the guy coming up with the new ideas uh, and uh, developing the new products, directing the development of new products, which is uh, 19, 2019, 2020 uh, sales. So that's how we achieve growth by having new products. And then a third of my time, uh, which often entrepreneurs neglect, I call wandering around, which is being out there, whether it be the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce, the trade shows, looking at different alternatives, speaking to different people, interacting with politicians. Uh, that gives trade associations, things like that. But that third of the business gives you the perspective of where to invest your money in, in future years. I tell you, there's some fantastic stuff that uh, y'all have got going on. Uh, I know that you've got your work cut out for you in getting this stuff into the politicians, getting them really on board and getting them moving a little bit more than they are already. But even though that's a lot farther along than it was 10 years ago, though I wish you a lot of luck there. Let me ask you this. If, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you and find out more about this or if one of these agencies wanted to get in touch with you and possibly you know, have a demonstration to see what it is that this might, how this might help them, do you have phone numbers, websites, e emails, and all that? Yeah, sure do. Uh, so I'm Brian Mulligan. I'm the president of Applied Information. Uh, you can get hold of us on the web at appinfoinc.com. Uh, my email is bmulligan at appinfoinc.com. Uh, you can also find us through Travel Safely and uh, 
travelsafelyapp.com or Travel Safely on the uh, on the app stores, and and that's how you can find it. And we love to do. We do free demos. We install stuff. It's, we call it the puppy dog clothes. But we're so confident about our stuff, we'll come and install it for you, no charge. Because we're so convinced that you'll like it. It's like playing with a puppy that we've given you. <laughs> you can't get rid of it. <laughs> You're not going to give it back. <laughs> I, I like that. I'll have to, I'm going to steal that one. I'm oh, going to sure. tell you. Well, you know, thank you again, Brian, for being here and, and telling us about all this technology that's coming up that, you, that you're working with and the passion that you have for it. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember that you can join us live every Wednesday at 11.30 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. Join us next week at 11.30 when we, talk, when we will talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, Brian Mulligan, and for our producers, Mike and Trey. I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.